The NBA Finals are heating up. Looking for hot takes on all the postseason action? The Old Man and the Three, presented by BMW, is the podcast to listen to for the ultimate finals coverage. Host and former NBA sharpshooter J.J. Redick not only has a plugged-in perspective on the action from his time in the league, but he's also announcing the games in real time for ESPN. J.J. has the ultimate insider point of view, and he's taking you along for the ride as he breaks down the best defensive schemes, dunks, and drives from each game. And speaking of incredible drives, there's no better place to tune into your new favorite podcast, The Old Man and the Three, than in a standard-setting BMW. Luxury meets power to create a wholly new driving experience. Push the limits this NBA season with the brand that set the ultimate standard. BMW, the ultimate driving machine. You're listening to the What's Up Falcons podcast with Rock, Hoop, Q, and keeping it sexy, LG. What's up, what's up, what's up, and welcome to the What's Up Falcons podcast. My name is Rock, and I'm joined with my boy, once again, Q in the house. What's happening, Q? What's up, Rock? Uh, off to a shaky start, man. <laughs> Trying to get over that, but, uh, you know. You should have seen that coming. <laughs> I, I kind of did, but I was hoping for, you know, something a little a little more than what I got. But uh, we'll get into that. Um, Al and Hoop are not here, everybody, but hopefully they'll be here for the next game. But we do have a returning guest, Mr. David Sheely's back to join us. What's happening, David? Man, just chilling, you know, enjoying my my third year of college right now. So, you know, oh, yeah. it is what it is. Cool, cool. Well, it's good, man. And uh, I'm sure you've been keeping up since you've been doing your, uh, your 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 own sports show. You've been keeping up with these birds, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, down here at primetime, we got to keep up with, with the Panthers of, of Georgia State and right. make sure everything is is going right with us right now. And it is not because we're 0-2. Our football <laughs> team is 0-2. And we're going to be 0-4. I'm just – I don't mean to be super negative, but I'm, I'm just telling the truth. I mean, we, we've got – coming up this Saturday, we're playing Wisconsin. Yeah. And next Saturday, we're playing Appalachian State. And Appalachian State gave Tennessee a run for their money. There's absolutely no way we're going to win. So, yep. Now, are you talking about the Panthers or the Falcons? <laughs> See, you know, it's funny because it's the same thing. I was just, I was, I just got off the phone with Nate Butler. And we were just talking about how the Falcons are in trouble of going 0 4, possibly 0 6. So, you know, it's just it's it is what it is, man. Indeed, man, indeed. All right, fellas, we'll 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 start it off with the uh, we all we all saw that first first game, and uh, needless to say, we have some things to work on and clean up. So uh, we'll just talk I about. I missed the first drive of the game, but right. answer this question for me real quick. Did they go three and out on the first drive? Mm-hmm. They did. Three I plays, thought they nine did. yards. Okay. I was listening to it on the radio, but I was pretty sure they did, and I was thinking to myself, man. Yep, three plays, nine yards. Wow. That's it. Well, there you go, Q. <laughs> All right, fellas, we'll start it off with the uh, the good, the bad, and the ugly. All right, David, since you're the guest, man, uh, you have a good of the game? 
Yeah, I got a good. Right. Um, I'm gonna go ahead and give the good to Tevin Coleman. Mm. And the reason why is because my expectations of Tevin Coleman were so low <laughs> that for him to do so well um, really was it was surprising. Like I, I give him his props. Like Tevin Coleman is a guy that out of college I was very excited about because uh, he went to IU and IU is not good at football. Let's just call let's call it what it is. <laughs> IU's not good at football. Right. Everybody would know their opponents, the everybody in the stadium, the coaches. Yeah. Everyone knew IU had to run the ball because Tevin Coleman was the only guy <laughs> who was good on that offense. And Tevin Coleman would still run for over 100 yards. Right. So fast. Um, good hands out of the backfield. He's not a guy who runs you over. That's the only thing that's kind of negative about him. Freeman right. will run you over. Tevin Coleman does not. Um, and of course, in the NFL, everyone's faster. So uh, it's like it, it's like he's fast, yes, but he's not in college anymore to where he's just running around some other kids. Okay. So um, he was a guy I was very excited about out of college. Right. So then last year, he was named the starter throughout the preseason right. and then starts week one, and then he breaks his ribs week two, and then Devontae Freeman absolutely went off. <laughs> and then Tevin Coleman came back and decided to be the king of fumbling. So it was like, what happened? And then his season ended because right. he slipped He slipped in the shower and was concussed and put on IR. So it was like, oh, okay, great. This guy's clumsy. Yeah. That's awesome. So <laughs> my expectations of him absolutely went down to the basement. And uh, for him to get 95 yards receiving, be the, the Falcons' leading receiver right. with five catches and 95 yards as well as the leading rusher with 22 yards rushing on eight carries. Right. Uh, no, no touchdowns, but still over 100 total yards. That, that, that's good. Uh, so I, I give him uh, my my nod for the good. And Devontae Freeman's got to watch out because yeah. he's going to have to start splitting carries, and that means the fantasy value of Freeman goes down. Uh, yeah, Coleman definitely was Butterfingers last season, so uh, he's definitely worked on that. So. And he super inflated Matt's numbers for the game, but I'll get into that later. <laughs> All right, Q. Well, let me let me get my good. I'm going to give my good to Matt, man. You know, it wasn't a perfect game, but you know, he didn't he didn't cost the game for us this time. Completed 27 of his 39 yards. I mean, 39 passes and for 334 yards, and he gave us two touchdowns. Like I said, it wasn't the pretty prettiest and it wasn't the sharpest, but hey, we've been beating up on Matt for a while, but uh, this time it wasn't his fault that we lost this game. So I'm going to give it to uh, Mr. Matt Ryan. Q, you have a well, good? That's cool, man. I'm going to give mine to, uh, I'll give mine to Matt too. I was just happy he didn't turn the ball over. He didn't force it. I thought for sure he was going to throw an interception on that, uh, on yeah. that, on one of those last two drives, but, uh, but one drive he took us down and, well, you know, we had to kick a field goal, but the next drive we we didn't score but matt protected the ball i saw he on uh maybe third down i think it was or second down he threw it away yeah so i was i was proud that he made better decisions in the uh matty ice meltdown zone better known as the red zone <laughs> exactly we gotta have a watch this year too we're gonna put on twitter for the uh matty red zone watch and uh all right well cool guys well uh, here we go the bad now there was a lot of bad to go around Oh, uh, my God. Oh, my God. David, you have a bad? Yeah, there was a lot of bads. Uh, so <laughs> I have to pick just one because I don't want to steal all you guys' bads, you know? I hear you. Um, my bad goes to 
the I would I'm gonna give it just to the Falcons defense because it's all one team so I don't want to call just one guy out right careless penalties and penalties (laughs) on things that are so simple like where to line up right are things that are very crucial you think they're small you really do like oh okay I was off sides all right my bad Oh, I was defensive holding? Okay, my bad. But guess what happened? Tampa Bay took advantage and went down the field and scored when the Falcons had this chance to get off the field, which is something that traditionally, I guess if that's the right word for lack of a better term, the Falcons have a problem getting off the field on third down. So when the Falcons do everything right, and it's like, oh, wait, but you were offsides. It's like, really? We did everything right, but we don't know where to line up. That you know, what I'm saying, if I'm if I'm Coach Dan Quinn, that's what I'm saying. I'm like, why, why can't we line up? Like that, that's so simple. Yeah. And and that's a, that's a thing of what what I'm hearing some people say, Jim Moore, Jim Moore 2.0, because Jim Moore was a guy had the honeymoon phase. Atlanta goes 11 and five, wins the NFC South, and then after that, Atlanta was getting penalties and just making the most careless of mistakes. And it was it was all bad. It was and, and let's not forget the missed tackles. Only oh, yeah. nine missed only nine missed tackles, which is still not good. Yeah. But four of them came on one play, which <laughs> led straight to a Charles Sims touchdown, which was the biggest WTF moment ever. It was what are you doing? <laughs> yeah. Oh well, yeah, I would agree, sir. I would definitely agree on that. Q. My bad is going to have to be those two long touchdowns they gave up to, uh, was that Evans? I believe so. Believe, believe it was? Yeah. Evans and um, Austin Safari and Jenkins caught one and Evans caught the other. Yeah. Yeah. But two of them were just deep, long balls. Definitely exploited uh, Trufant for the phony that he is. And then I forgot <laughs> who the other guy uh, who got burned on the second touchdown was, but I've always had a thing with true font, but yeah, but yeah, just giving up two bombs like that for touchdowns. I, that was was, I think Weatherspoon was in coverage, which I think people yeah. are kind of forgetting the fact that Mike Smith and Dirk Cutter are old Falcons coaches, and they yeah. were there when Weatherspoon was there, and they know Weatherspoon can't cover. Right. If Weather Weatherspoon cannot cover at all, so it, it's like. Yeah, we're gonna pick on him. It's kind of his weakness, and they know that. that it was just—it was a familiarity thing. Oh, yeah. um, I don't know why Weatherspoon was even in the game. I don't know where Campbell was at the moment, but yeah, that—that—that's just uh, them out coaching Dan Quinn. Oh yeah, even the announcers called it out, called the mismatch before right before the the, the play happened. I mean, so you yeah. know the announcers who do their homework—they even saw the the mismatch. So yeah, you know, I, it is what it is. Yeah, it is what it is, man. Well, I'll give my bad, man. I think the bad that I had, I was going to get it, uh, give it to Robert Alford, man, for that costly, unnecessarily uh, roughness penalty. Uh, that wasn't a good look, man. And uh, so I had, I had to throw that on him. So he he got my bad, Mr. Alford. Q, what's your ugly? I know you got a good one. I, I, I don't really have an ugly other than... You know, uh, what? My, in the middle of the third quarter, my ugly was how how to control the game had become. But <laughs> they did they did kind of you know wrangle it back in. Right. So you know, I guess my my ugly would be just them falling that far behind okay. at home right. against a second year quarterback who looked like a superstar. He did, man, and that's a shame. And he's come there and beat Matt Ryan three times. Three times, and he did it with the he did it with the arm and not the legs. Exactly, exactly. 
All right. Well, my ugly man, I'm going to give my ugly to uh, Jake Matthews for those um, timely uh, offside penalties. And uh, even though one was declined, I, I, would, I think one cost us real bad. But uh, come on, Jake, you getting <laughs> you're having a rough day, my friend. So he usually doesn't play that bad. So I have to give my ugly to uh, Jake Matthews. David, do you have an ugly? Yeah, I'm going to give my ugly to the look on my face as I watch the game. Um, (laughs) It was especially the third quarter because for the Falcons to go into halftime, I understand that that touchdown by Tampa Bay was deflating. Oh, yeah. Uh, It it hurt your spirit, especially because that drive could have been prevented had the Falcons not committed a penalty. Right. Um, And then four missed tackles. Yes. But at halftime, what are they doing? Well, are, are they eating milk and cookies? Like, they came out so flat. They did. And it was like, you you have to understand that Tampa Bay knew they were getting the ball to start the second half. Oh, yeah. So in the, in the very least, guys, just play blanket coverage. The most damage they could do was get in field goal range if you just play blanket and then get on the field and stop them. And it wasn't like the Falcons weren't stopping Tampa Bay. There were plenty of times, especially during the comeback, where the Falcons were stopping Tampa Bay and getting them off of the field. So Atlanta, Atlanta is so much more talented than Tampa Bay, but the coaching of Tampa Bay was so good, and the Falcons would always make the worst mistakes at the worst time or the stupidest mistakes at the worst time. Oh, yeah. And it was stuff like that that just made me the ugly person in the room. Because I'm, what is just like, what is happening? Where is it? At? Why is all of this? Uh, I mean, you had the, uh, uh, what was it? The Navy SEALs come in yeah. and train these guys. <laughs> you, you got all this. Matt Ryan took his boys down for a whole camp in, in Florida and, and all of yeah. this stuff. It's like, okay, you do all that. Uh, Matt Ryan even worked with former baseball pitchers to work on his throwing. But right. Matt Ryan actually did a good job. So it's not really his fault. So I'm, I'm going to get off of Matt Ryan. Just it, but <laughs> He still struggled on that deep ball. Yeah, he didn't, yeah, uh, he didn't test uh, their, their secondary at all. I think, I think another thing, too, if we're going to say on the topic of Matt, with some of those throws, especially towards the end, were so behind. Mm-hmm. And they're a little bit off. And it was like, what? You know, where are these where are these supposed to go? You know, um, I don't think there was much miscommunication as in the instance of the uh, Winston interception that went pretty much straight to true fine. That was a miss a communication. Um, But Matt Ryan's throws were just straight up behind. I know Julio straight up dropped one. Muhammad Sanu dropped one. But you know what? Muhammad, you know, you know what I call Muhammad Sanu? I call him Muhammad drop a pass. That's a nickname that he earned. (laughs) So I I wasn't. So every time Muhammad drop a pass, catches a pass, I'm right. I'm like, oh, Muhammad drop a pass, caught it. You know, I mean, that's he's known for that. Yeah. And he had his in his receiving touchdown was his first receiving touchdown I think in two years. He didn't score a receiving touchdown last year. I think he had two rushing and one passing. So uh, it was it, it was good to see him right. do what he did. Okay. Uh, but yeah, uh, ugly. My ugly goes to the look on my face as I watched <laughs> that game. I don't. I don't have an ugly in terms of the actual team. All right. Hey, that was good enough, man. <laughs> that was definitely good enough. And I agree with you, man. Especially the the balls that Matt, you know, he was throwing behind those guys, man. I mean, he's going to cause some injuries, man. 
because some of those catches, man, Julio, you know, his ankle and, and coming down on his ankle real hard and, and Sanu trying to catch these crazy balls that matter, Matt's throwing out there, man. It's, uh... And that first catch to Sanu was really high. Sanu right. had to go up there and get that one. Exactly. And uh, I gave credit to Sanu on that catch. Uh, Sanu does have hops. I also give credit to Tevin Coleman on that crazy right. catch he had to make out of the backfield. Yeah. Uh, I, I didn't know. I don't know why I felt like Tevin Coleman didn't have hands like that, but, you know, he caught it. I gave him props. And uh, Julio knows that he should have caught that pass, yeah. that deep pass across the middle. Uh, if you watch when, and when Fox showed the replay, you see Devontae Freeman raise his hands in the air because right. he, uh, he already assumes the ball is caught. It's Julio Jones, right? Yeah. And uh, that last throw to Sanu was behind him and he tweaked his quad. I, I haven't heard anything about him. Obviously, it's not so serious that they right. need to shut him down for some period of time, but it, it's certainly uh, a concern for Falcons fans if well, yeah, the Falcons lose a second receiver. Well, that's good you bring that up, man. That'll, that'll bring us right into our uh, our injury report that we normally have. And Hoop is the normal guy that does it. But since he's not here, I think Q's going to hook us up with an injury report. You got it? Yeah, and uh, I got it. And we already kind of touched on it. Uh, you know, Julio Jones and Sanu were both injured during the game. Uh, Julio was ob- obviously in pain. Um limping around but the champ that he is he, he's played out the rest of the game right. and then uh i think uh, sanu had the the tweak quad on the pass from matt that was behind him late in the fourth quarter right so uh i don't think either one of those guys are going to miss this sunday's game but okay. we'll have to wait and see about that and then uh, brooks reed was injured twice shoulder during the game and uh there hasn't been an update on his status yet so there you have it with the injury report, my friend. <laughs> Very good, man. Very good. Good job. Not good that job. many injuries. That's that's a good thing. But, you know, unfortunately, yeah. anytime, anytime you mention the word injury and Julio in the same sentence, it's, that's not a good thing because it's not. now he's on a bad will. Right. He's going to play through it. And he's going to be pretty much, you know, dinged up all season long because an ankle's not going to heal unless you get time off of it. Now, was that his robotic ankle that he injured before? That, that that I'm not sure of, but I was just about to mention. I mean, he's kind of, I mean, he's known for bad ankles at this point now. Yeah, because he started off the first two seasons injured here with, with ankles. He so. did the whole combine on a broken foot. Right. Yeah, he hit the, the foot, yep. Wow. So it makes me nervous, man, when he has to twist and contort and do all that just to catch the damn ball. But, yeah. <sighs> Yeah, that's what Julio on a bad ankle can still hold his own against against anybody. I, I mean, he, he got open in the game. Yeah. He, he dropped the ball, but he was able to get open on that bad ankle, right. you know, late in the fourth quarter there. So, I mean, you know, he can, he'll, he'll, he'll make it happen. Yeah. I'm not worried about Julio. I'm just worried about them overfeeding him and him getting blown up too many times, especially at one point in the game. He went up high to catch a ball, and I'm thinking to myself, you know what, if I'm Coach Quinn, I might tell Julio, you know what, if Matt overthrows it that high, uh, just let it go. Let's just play it safe and let it go. <laughs> Maybe that kind of happened this time. Maybe he, he he gave a fake effort and he was like, "Nah." <laughs> no, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, man. All right. Well, uh, you're listening to the What's Up Falcons podcast. All right, fellas. I mean, you know, everyone saw that game and we saw how ugly it was, but it was definitely a game to be had for us, and we kind of dropped the ball. But uh, let's talk about. 
just some particular players, you know, in general. And uh, let's start it off let's, with let's, Matt Ryan. <laughs> All right. I wasn't going to put in, but uh, what do you have to say about Matt Ryan? Q? I mean, obviously, there's it looked like there might have been some timing issues out there. I personally, mm-hmm. I think there was some timing issues. Now, his stats, his stats were overinflated because they ran at least three, but probably four times that shuffle pass, you know, that little pass where yeah. he just, that counts as a forward pass. It counts as a completion and it, ca- it counts as passing yards, 95 yards total <laughs> off of that play. Right. So take Matt's stats and back out those 95 yards. He only threw for like 230 yards in the game. You know, at this point with him, as long as he's not turning it over, I can live with that. Then something we noticed in the preseason about Matt. After the first preseason game, yeah. second, third, and fourth preseason games, Matt went into uh, sort of like what Carolina did with Cam Newton his first season. Right. No passes further than eight or ten yards. You know, it was just short passes right. and just hope the receivers could get yards after the catch. But right. they definitely don't want Matt to throw the ball 20 yards downfield, 15 yards downfield. They want to try to keep it somewhere between – 10 to 12 yards downfield. A couple of times he did at least the deep ball, and I was curious as to, you know, how this deep ball was going to work this season with all of his working right. with baseball pitchers during the offseason, and one was severely overthrown, which surprised me. I've never seen him overthrow anybody, and then uh, a couple underthrown, which was pretty much on that speed, so right. so that's my that's my <laughs> Matt Ryan watch because I was watching him like I watched Croy Beerman all last eight <laughs> seasons. I was right. watching Matt like Croy because I had no Croy to watch. <laughs> and then to add insult to injury, Croy tries out for Tampa Bay today, and who knows if they're going to sign him or not. But can you imagine if we go down to Tampa and Croy sacks Matt Ryan? Sacks Matt Ryan? I was like, what the hell? I quit if that happens. I, I quit, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But, why, why would Tampa Bay want to be the ghost of Falcons past so bad? Because there was rumor that they were going to sign Roddy White. Like, what is going on? They wanted Roddy White, but Roddy wants to go to a contender. And so Roddy right now, I, I, you guys saw him on TV. He was sitting in his butt at the Georgia Dome yeah. watching, the, watching the game. And uh, But, you know, Matt, Roddy could be playing right now. He probably definitely could be playing in Tampa right now. And everyone figured he was going to go to Tampa. But um, he, he's yeah. serious about only wanting to play for a contender. So I don't know if he's officially done or he thinks he can sit a year out and maybe somebody's going to pick him up next season or later this season. But well, he didn't I seem to look too concerned when he was sitting up there. He looked a little upset. <laughs> he did have like a, a little upset look on his face. Yeah. Well, upset that he's not playing with the Falcons. But I, I mean, I don't know. But then again, you know, we want him back, but. I, I I would think Sanu still is an upgrade. Who's we? Right Who's we? <laughs> well, me. I think I would take I think I would take Roddy over Sanu. He's already oh, on the same page as Matt Ryan. You, okay, let's compare Sanu's stats at the on the on the very last podcast of this season after game seven, uh, after game sixteen. Let's compare um, Sanu's stats to Roddy's stats from last season and see see. Uh, See how the how the young guy fares out. What is this? The news like what? Second year in the league? Third year? Got to be third or fourth. Yeah. He's third or fourth? Third? Past, yeah. past two years with uh, Cincinnati. I'll, I'll, I'll do the research while, now while we're talking. Okay. So he's got uh, some experience behind him. So you know it's you know so we'll we'll see what he does this year compared to Roddy. Uh, okay. Well, I I do not see anything about when I know when he was born. He's telling me that. <laughs> and see that uh, I. I think that plays a difference too, man. He's a lot younger than Roddy, man. At the end of the day, you know, age is going to win. 
Roddy's I mean Roddy's still the man but I, I don't think he's as as quick as he used to be man and I don't think that uh, Roddy may not be as quick as he used to be he's on the same page as Matt he can uh, yeah. he can still catch the ball and he can still get open and most importantly he's a physical guy that can block on the run right which but, is what he did most of last season well let's not forget the overall problem it's not really as much as Matt as it is the OC this is Kyle Shanahan's fingerprint on this crap, man. And, uh, and you can tell. I mean, it, it, Matt still doesn't look as comfortable as he used to look. And uh, Roddy and Kyle doesn't get along, as we all know. So I don't think he would come back to work under that guy anymore. But it yeah, could be- it's, it's, it's ridiculous. I think Kyle Shanahan is a little too ego maniacal when it comes to this offense and the reason why is because it is so evident it is so evident in fact if you want more evidence look at what Tampa Bay did Tampa Bay went no huddle and scored on Atlanta quick fast and in a hurry I have DVDs (laughs) of the Falcons from 2010 of them playing against Tampa Bay and New Orleans and the Ravens all wins, all very blood pressure raising wins. Right. And Atlanta win, no huddle. Right. Multiple times. And it worked. It worked. Yes, Matt Ryan had Tony Gonzalez. Oh, by the way, Julio wasn't there in 2010. So yeah. it's not like he had all the weapons, right? <laughs> right. He had he had Roddy White, Michael Jenkins. Eric Weems and Tony Gonzalez, and that that's in no particular order of anything. But was Turner oh, still there as well? Was Turner still yes, there? Was. Okay, yeah. Yes, he was. So that helped as well, right? Yeah. So when you brought up Matt Ryan's going to throw seven, eight yards, that's what he was doing in 2010. All they did was run slants and outs and and hitches, and that's all they did. That's all they needed to do because and they had a strong running game. So with a strong running game, you only need to pass it seven yards because guess what? Michael Turner's going to get that three and then some more. Oh, yeah. I think the Falcons have, they don't have Michael Turner. There's no bowling ball in the backfield, but right. you can't sneeze at, at uh, Devontae Freeman and Tevin Coleman so fast that you, you can't sleep on him either. So the running game exists. The running game, for some reason, ceases to exist inside the red zone. Right. At all, and and the, the no huddle also ceases to exist all the time. But when <laughs> but when the Falcons are down 18 points, when, because the, the defense decided to... to put Sean Weatherspoon on a tight end. Yeah, Matt Ryan's <laughs> going to run the offense. And when Matt Ryan's running the offense, yeah. we're going to score. Like it's 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 right. It's on film. We the yeah. Falcons ran no huddle against Tampa Bay last year at home. Ended up tying the game and forcing overtime. And then Kyle Shanahan said, "Okay, cool. I'm going to call the plays now that we've got it tied." You know what? What? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And that's yeah, what but Matt has Matt has the ability, the knowledge, the skill to change those plays at the line. If he if he sees they're lining up and and something's not right, I think he just I think that's a thing of him having confidence in Kyle Shanahan just a little bit, and because they practice those plays so much. Right. It's like I, you you game plan for that team for an entire week. You've been watching film. You're losing sleep. Right. right. It's like, I'm going to call this play because we ran it 50 times. Right. You're not confidence that it'll work. It's not so much of, 
I'm going to go to the line and change this play because I don't trust anything he says. You know, it, it's not a, okay, I don't care what play you call, Kyle, but I'm, I'm right. going to audible out of it. That's, that, that's, that's just, I feel like that's kind of disrespectful. Um, that, may, that shows blatant non-faith in your coordinator. And, it's, and no one's going to look at Madden and say, oh, it's just like Peyton Manning. He's just changing things at the line. Like, right. no, no one's saying that. No one would say that. And Matt's, yeah, Matt, and Matt's a straight guy, you know, company guy. So he's definitely not going to cause any waves. Like yeah, that. I mean, he's not going to cause any waves. But, I mean, there's been times we've seen them run plays and you're just kind of shaking your head like, what the heck? Yeah. And uh, I just feel like, you know, if Matt knows the offense like they say he does, and I still understand why he's not changing it up sometimes at the line. I, I don't see him modeling a lot at all. Well, speaking and of, it, it makes me nervous when they go into that no huddle, and I notice they went into no huddle right uh, on Sunday, and it just didn't seem like they were having any success going no huddle. Well, well, I mean, they were down 18 when they did it, and it worked a little. I mean, that's why Julio got that touchdown, and then the two point conversion. Matt's Matt's leash gets longer only when the Falcons are getting their butt kicked. Right, yeah. but then after that, everything went back to normal. You know, they still were behind. They still needed, you know, they still needed another, what did they need, another touchdown? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, and they just went back to Shanahan calling plays, and, I mean, it just, right. I don't know. It just seems like they find something that works, and they go, man, that worked. Okay, let's don't do it again. <laughs> exactly. That's what it looks like, man. becomes predictable and conservative. But speaking of changing, man, let's change up a little bit. Let's leave Matt alone a little bit. You know, he, he did do the you know a decent job in the game but uh well let, let, one more thing one more thing i know that? these teams practice the four minute drill right week in week out day in day out we looked horrible on we that did. last that last drive i mean that was uh, that was a four minute drill basically yeah. and it, all right go ahead go ahead <laughs> i agree man uh, you know, I, I totally agree. But let's just change gears, man. Let's talk about our supposed uh, pass rush and our uh, number one draft pick uh, a season ago. Who's that? Uh, Mr. Vic Beasley. Vic Beasley, who who's had that? no tackles. <laughs> yeah, that? who's that exactly? Who is that? And David, I mean, people who listen to our show, we they know that we give them a hard time and our uh, view on Vic, but we're very interested in your opinion on uh, Vic Beasley second season with the Falcons. Who's that? I'm just kidding. Um, I told you we yeah, don't want anybody uh, with the I name Vic. I think everyone by team. now has seen that video on Twitter of Vic Beasley doing the spin move and falling down on his butt. And here's the explanation for that. I'm not giving him an excuse. I'm just I'm letting you know. This is what happened because it's, it's kind of obvious. They Tampa Bay runs a screen to the right. Okay, so the the tackle the tackle's responsibility is to jam Beasley. Okay, just push him really, right. and then go about your business because your Beasley's going to be irrelevant as soon as the ball gets in the running back's hands. Right. So what Beasley had to do, or what Beasley wanted to do, excuse me, was spin uh, to, I think, see, he was going to spin to his right. Or to, oh, he was spinning to his left. He was spinning to his left. So he expected his back, he was, because he was leaning back. So he expected the tackle to be right on his back and use his body as a guide to how far out he should spin. Right. So when he leaned back and the tackle's not there because it's a screen, he fell. 
So people were like, oh, Beasley is stupid. Like, no, he just expected a body to be there so he could spin off of it and the body wasn't, wasn't there. there. Well, yeah, I can see that. But how many times you got to do that? <laughs> oh, he should just not spin. He's, why right. are you spinning? What are you doing? Just, just his thing in, in college was. He, he looks like he has Tourette's out there. <laughs> so I don't, I don't know. I don't know what's going on with Vic. I, it's too early to call Vic Beasley a bust. I don't want to call Vic Beasley a bust. But what I will say about Vic Beasley is that he's a guy that he he needs someone to properly coach him because right. really Coach Cox isn't it. Right. Oh no, I, I will agree with that. I, I think uh, like like you were mentioning about him in college. I mean, you know, at Clemson he he had a rough start at first at Clemson before he got into his own. So apparently it's happening again in the NFL. But uh, and that's what a lot of people the same thing that he needs some guidance and, and to work with somebody really to work on. So why didn't he go to why didn't he go to a camp during the offseason? Big Chuck Smith right. hosts a camp every offseason. Why wasn't he there? I mean, <laughs> I mean, there's ways to get around. I mean, you mean the big hit. Everyone keeps making excuses. Huh? You mean the big hit? Yeah, I'm not saying anything <laughs> bad about Big Chuck Smith. No, I'm not going down that road. Yeah, because he's very either. upset right now. Yeah, he's a good guy. <clears throat> but. But, uh, yeah, really. But um, all these guys do stuff in the offseason to better themselves. Did, what did Vic Beasley do during the offseason? We saw what Matt did. What did Vic do? I mean, everybody keeps making excuses. Last year, it was what he played with a bad shoulder all year. Is that what it was yeah. last year? Yeah. And then this year, it's it's he needs the right guidance. Well, he's always getting to the end of the season, but he's, 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 he's showing signs of being a bust. He is. And, you, you know, I mean, no one. You can't deny that. He is showing that sign. Wait, go ahead, Q. I'm pretty sure I didn't see his name on the stat line. I might be it wrong. Wasn't. But anytime you don't. Okay, so he had starting defensive end or what, what, what's he playing now? Is he still playing defensive end or is he playing a little bit of a uh, weak linebacker too? A linebacker. He's outside. He's outside. Okay. Starting. Yeah. No tackles. Yeah. That's just pathetic. And that is a that's a regular occurrence. If you go back and listen to last season, right. I said numerous times, Vic Beasley, no tackles this game. No tackles. And I heard Wes, and definitely no sacks. I have heard words uh, West Durham on the uh, on the radio today saying that uh, they asked him about Vic and his performance. He was like, "If you heard me call the game, he's like, I don't think I said Vic Beasley's name once." And he's calling him out on the radio. And Wes is a pretty cool guy. Yeah, yeah he is. So I mean, Very cool. yeah, I had the chance to meet yeah. him. I actually got a chance to get in contact with him uh, via email for a little bit. I actually should email him now that we're talking about him. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I, I think Vic Beasley is a guy that just needs the right coach. Brian Cox, Von uh, McClure made it, put it out plainly in an article about Brian Cox saying, "Yeah, well, I'm a guy that likes to cuss and yell and, and do all this and rip into a guy." But Vic, that doesn't get to Vic. Um, Vic tunes you out when you cuss and scream at him. He just tunes it out. So he needs somebody to yeah. get him through it. And I guess Dwight Freeney is that guy. But Dwight Freeney is confusing him with that spin cycle thing. <laughs> and now Beasley's head is – Big Beasley's head is all over the place. I mean, sports still has psychology to it. Right. It still has psychology to it. It's it's, it's something mental. Big, oh, yeah. That's, that's Matt Ryan. It's a mental thing. He's got he's to see some type of sports psychologist in my mind. It's not like he's right. bad. He, he does, right. you know, people saying he's a little too weak. He needs to hit the gym. Okay, cool. Yeah, he will. But I think it's a mental barrier. But Brian Cox isn't getting him out. I'm not saying fire Brian Cox, but just 
somebody yeah, he has did. to do it. I mean, somebody's got to get on the phone with him. Yeah. Someone's got to come down the Falcon to the, to the, uh, to the facility and, and say something to him right. or get him through it where he finally clicks and he gets it and he'll be a monster. So he's showing signs of a bust, but only because someone hasn't taken the time to say, okay, Vic, we got to go through this. And, or maybe someone has taken the time, but it hasn't been the right guy. No, that's interesting. I mean, come on. This is, he's, I hear what you're saying. He's a grown man and this is his job for a living. How many people at their job get this many chances I mean, think about it. If you went into work, David, tomorrow and you started screwing up your job, a whole year later you're still screwing up your job, you think they're going to keep you around? No, they're going to move on. But uh, on the other hand, because we're all, we're all adults. They put a lot of money into it. We're all adults, but he shouldn't need special training and somebody coming in to help him. I mean, he should be able to somehow figure this out by now or he's going to have to walk around with that bus label. But it's, I mean, it's just like that sometimes. And yeah. it's not even just performance. I think it has to do with the Cardinals are a team full of guys who used to get in trouble. They just had the right guy to not get him in trouble. Akeem Tlaib was in Tampa Bay getting in trouble kind of often and goes to New England and that stuff was gone. I, I, I don't, and, and I mean, it took a change of scenery, but I think that change of scenery and getting the right type of coaches in his ear right. helped him. I, I think the same thing with Vic, but Q, I mean, obviously there was something there because they really needed uh, a pass rush, and this is the kid that they chose, and well, may have been the best available, but there was actually something there that they saw, so it it may be someone tapping into him and, and you know, and, and really guiding him to, just to help, you know, almost like the investment that they made with that pick with him, so you give him another season, I guess, but he's definitely... I'll give him another season, and then I'm going to put him on the bench next to Michael Sam. <laughs> and I, I'll agree with you on that. I think most people will. I think if he has another season like he's having now, and we don't start hearing, well, Vic Beasley had two sacks this game, or and we don't hear you know that on every game, then I think that it's going to be the sentiment of everyone. Dude, he doesn't have to have a sack. I, I could settle for him getting his hand up and knocking some balls down. Look at Tampa Bay, all the balls they knocked down. If he could knock some balls down, or if he could just get some tackles. Right. If he could just get some tackles, he stopped I'd take getting four tackles up. in a game over a, over a sack. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, if I see him getting held up like a little kid in a, in a, on a playground by a big kid one more time, man, it's just, uh, I don't know what I'm going to do. But all right, let's leave poor Mr. Beasley alone. And uh, we got to talk about another topic. Uh, we can touch on it a little bit on this, ish, this episode, but... Uh, probably want to talk about it a little more when the other guys are here but uh let's talk about the elephant in the room man let's talk about mr rashid hagman now oh yeah <laughs> if you saw hard knocks you kind of saw this coming and uh coach cox kind of warned him and we all saw it and uh and look what's happening man i mean this guy gotten in trouble I had uh, I looked at the article about it because I didn't know about this. Apparently, this happened in March. But uh, defensive uh, lineman Rashid Hagman was arrested in March on three misdemeanors, including charge of cruelty to children and assault on a family member. This dude's a head case, y'all. Yeah, the the domestic violence thing. You know what? 
it happens in the league a lot. They actually have classes they send you to after it happens, right. like a protocol for domestic violence because it happens so often. It's like the same thing they do with managing your money. They have a domestic violence class because it happens so often. So, you know, I wasn't surprised by that. And right. hopefully they'll work all that out. Now, the, the one thing that might, you know, put a damper on his career is if he's if he's in trouble for this uh, cruelty to children thing, I think, you know, right. you know, the Falcons feel about, you know, fighting dogs and and uh, the one guy to let go because he allegedly raped someone. This yeah. cruelty to children thing, if it stands over his head, you know, it they might let him go. I don't know. There was a couple of years back where I think Babino, they he he allegedly had hit his girlfriend's dog and killed it, but it come to find out that that wasn't true. But in the oh, meantime, really? the Falcons were kind of like, yeah, you don't remember that with Babino? No, I, but it wasn't. Him true? And his girlfriend got into it. I didn't know it wasn't. Yeah, true. it turned out it wasn't true. The, the the dog had like a seizure or something. It wasn't true. It was just bad timing. Him and his girlfriend were fighting. His girlfriend left the house. She came back. Her dog was dead. And, you know, of course, she said he killed my dog. Well, it was just bad timing. The dog had like a seizure or something. And wow. and, and everything came to light. And, you know, and we moved on. But but the Falcons for a minute there, he didn't play that week. And I think he didn't play the next week. But, you know, as, as you know, as the Falcons trying to get ready to separate themselves from a bad situation. But it worked out. So, you know, this, this Hagman thing, bad situation. But I think I don't think it's career ending as far as him being a Falcon. You don't. Hmm. What do you think, David? About, are we talking about Rashid or are we talking about Rashid now? Rashid. No, Rashid, Rashid. Oh, okay. Yeah, Rashid, uh, he, he was inactive because they don't think he's even good enough to play. And now he's in trouble. <laughs> right. So That's Washington, why I think he was inactive is because they just, they wanted to go with somebody else. And he's also just not good. He's just not, to me, he's just not, he's not good enough. I, I think throughout the preseason, they were like, oh man, he's got potential to start. And his whole thing in college was, oh, he's going to, he, he would, he would make a play. And right. then disappear for ten plays, right. and then make another play. Like there we go. Can we get that all the time for Rashid? No, you can't. You didn't get in college, and, and it didn't change. They now Brian Cox is the right guy for Rashid to get in his head and yell at him. But right. uh, Rashid, Rashid really defeats himself. He he's yeah. a guy that shoots himself in the foot. Yep. Um, everybody's their own harshest critic, but Rashid takes it. I think he bullies himself a little too much, and he's messing with himself. And his he's in a constant war with his head. So I think the 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 best thing to do is to just to get rid of him. He's not that good, and it's not like the Falcons don't have a lack of talent on the defensive line. Grady Jarrett has absolutely come in and stepped up. Why why he was a fifth round pick, I don't know, but. Uh, Grady Jarrett has done a good enough job, and I think Rashid Hagman is just a guy that's just kind of like, man, you, you fell off, man. Some, you know, we, we took a chance on you. It's not working out. Perfectly put. Because... Appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I think we should cut ties with him. I don't. I don't think we need him. I mean, whether or not the the charges or whatever stick, I think it's time to to. to I'm actually shot. He made the roster this year, so. But uh, I think they're going to go ahead and cut cut ties with him. Got to. Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. Well, that was interesting, fellas. Uh, Q, anything you want to say anything else about Rashid? Or? Yeah, I'm good on him. I got nothing else on him. That was it. Okay, cool. All right, guys. And uh, you're listening to the What's Up Falcons podcast. All right. Well, pretty lengthy episode. Uh, David, I really appreciate you taking your time out, man, and and uh, coming on the show again, man. We really enjoyed having you, man. 
Hey, I enjoy I enjoy doing the show, man. I I had a chance to do the Falc Fans podcast. Just, well, I I was asked to do it. I couldn't do it because I was typing an essay because you know school and stuff. Um, <laughs> so it was unfortunate. But you and and you know you guys were originally going to uh, record on Monday, right? And then moved it to Tuesday. And I was like, yeah, that's good. Because then if you guys were going to record on Monday, I was like, yeah, I got a paper to type, man, <laughs> and I wouldn't have had the chance to do anything. So. <laughs> Um, you know, I gotta go ahead and go to Fact Fans. I don't want him to think like, oh, okay, you chose what's up Bongos over me. Like, nah, dude, I just, you know. Not <laughs> no, had an David, essay. Yo, what's up? David, school's for fools. <laughs> Yo, okay, yeah, try telling my parents that. Good luck with that. Um, I need this, and I, uh, I, I kind of need that degree to get where I want to go. Do so, that, man. You know, hey, yeah, man. So I, I, will be a, I will be a fool. What's up, Falcons? Support education. <laughs> we support education, man. So do your thing, man. Get get yeah. Definitely stay in school. Get your degrees and do your thing, man. And maybe you, we'll have you have us on your show. Oh, definitely. Yeah, we can we can go ahead and speak that into existence now, man. I'll have you guys as a guest. I know Algie definitely supports college education. All those uh, strippers Hi-ya! down at uh, the Cheetah that he. <laughs> wow. Never mind. No, no, that was neither here nor there. Well, you, you, I tell you one thing: you weren't far from the truth. <laughs> He's gonna hate me. He's gonna kill me for that for seeing that. But uh, anyway, put some young ladies through school back in the day. Anyway, all right, guys. It's well, funny. It's funny though. I've never <laughs> gone to the doctor. I've never gone to the doctor. I met a doctor that said, "Yeah, I stripped through school." <laughs> never happened. But you know, well, you know, it is what it is. All right, guys, we want to thank everyone for listening to the What's Up Falcons podcast. Whoa, 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 whoa. stop the clock. Stop the clock. Oh, what, 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 what's, what, what's going on? You can't leave one week going into another week without predictions. Oh, okay. I'm glad you said that, man. I'm a little off today because I have to rush home and work a little late. But uh, all right, predictions for next week's game against the Raiders. Q, what are you predicting? I don't even know why I mentioned it because this game was a toss-up. I, I, Falcons traveling on the road, got a what 4:25 game West Coast, and uh, I watched a little bit of the Raiders playing the Saints, and they looked decent. Right. But then the Falcons looked decent somewhat at times. But in order to make sure I have a winning record this year, okay, I'm going to stick to the formula of going against the Falcons for every game. So I'm taking Oakland. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm sure everyone predicted that, that you would do that, sir. Uh, Mr. Sheely, uh, what do you think? Falcons or uh, the Raiders? Yeah, this is a toss-up game, like you said. Uh, I, I, I find it very difficult to try to pick a winner in this one. Right. Uh, the last time the Falcons went to Oakland, they shut them out. But Jamarcus Russell was quarterback. So... Uh, but this game yeah. reminds me of last season when the Falcons went to San Francisco and got a bone handed to them when they had a backup quarterback playing in place of Colin Kaepernick, and we saw how that ended. <laughs> right. So I, what, what goes into the, what happens in this game, can't really call it. But uh, if I had to choose, man, I think the Raiders might come away with it uh, from what I've seen from the Falcons. And it wouldn't be because the Falcons – played so poorly it would be because they did something careless it'd be because something stupid happened right. and stupid mistakes will cost you and i think something stupid <laughs> will probably happen in typical atlanta sports fashion it's just part of being an atlanta sports fan 
you just kind of get numb to it. But if you were a Boston guy, you would look at Atlanta sports and be like, what? Like that happens? Like, yeah, yeah, Atlanta, Atlanta teams do that. So that, that's kind of what I expect. So I'm, I'm going to go ahead and pick the Raiders. And then, like I said, the Falcons have a chance of, of starting 0-6. Going, going into the bye week, which is in week 11, I think the Falcons right. at most have two wins. Well, I think if you're a Boston fan, you would have a more uh, gritty selection of words to describe that. But uh, you did a good job at uh, <laughs> your description, sir. And uh, me, I'm going to go with the birds because uh, that performance that we had and getting beat to the Bucks, I don't think, uh, I think Dan Quinn's going to really... Uh, jerk up some uh, some collars and uh, straighten it out. So um, I'm going to roll with the birds. And plus, I'm not going to support Joe Hader, who's a Raider supporter. So yeah, going- Keep in mind, one thing we didn't talk about from this past game was the inability to run the ball. We didn't have rushing yards like we usually have this game. Well, we all knew that, so <laughs> there, was, there was no run game, so we all know that. It's not much more and you does, can say uh, about that. Does Matt have a mental breakdown? Does he throw a couple of interceptions this game? Um, I'm saying no. It's got to happen. It's, I mean, I'm surprised. Saying it's a new, you're saying it's a new Matt Ryan? New Matt Ryan? Is that what you're trying to say? Well, uh, he, he, it needs to be a new Matt Ryan. Uh, I'm going to Three weeks ago, he threw one in the red zone. He usually likes to wait. He usually likes to wait. So uh, I won't do it at this game. I think he's going to do it in a game that really matters for us. Hey, David, I got a question for you. Any chance this team makes the playoffs? Which team are you talking about? The Falcons. And the playoffs? Well, I don't even know why you put that in the same sentence. Um, (laughs) I was just just trying to see how much. We know Rock is a homer. I was just trying to see how much of a homer you were because the schedule dictates we're in a lot of trouble. But, you know, I was just checking. I, I had just said Atlanta's going to the bye week with at most two wins. That I, I've become less and less of a homer and more and more of an objective journalist as every, with every single year. And it becomes easier and easier to do so because the Falcons keep losing. So, uh, yeah. So you're saying you're saying this team is not even an 8-8 eight eight team? 8-8 eight eight would be a blessing of Abraham. <laughs> That's what I said, too. <laughs> All right, well, we'll see. We'll see. I'm not a journalist. I'm just a podcaster, so I'm going to roll with the home team. And (laughs) one last question. One last question. We've seen the Falcons in action. Who in this uh, division is going to finish under us? In in our division? Yeah. NFC South. Who's going to be the bottom team? Uh, I I would say... Definitely not going to be Carolina. Even though they lost to Denver, they look great. You think it's going to be the Saints? I would say the Saints because I want the Saints or the Falcons, and I'm going to, you know, I'm a homer, so. I'm probably going to roll with the Saints. It's funny because, I I mean, the Saints are going to beat the Falcons come week three. Um, But It's Monday Night Football, too. Which makes the Saints invincible, so the Falcons are going to win that. Um, I just, and I, I wrote about this a couple months ago. And it's like Matt Ryan has won one primetime game versus the Saints, or has he? Or is he winless? See, I don't know. It's like, but it's, it's really, really, it's really, really bad. Like, it's the record of Drew Brees at home in primetime. Right. I think he's lost. You can count on one hand how many games he's lost um, at home in primetime. And this is the 10-year anniversary of the Superdome reopening after Katrina. It's just so much that goes into this and the emotion that the right. Saints will be playing with. 
It's, it's like, nah, fam, it's not possible. The Superdome that has the same name as our new stadium? Yes, that, yeah. That's so, Superdome, okay, just check it. <laughs> it's like, it, it's, uh, it's just a situation where the Saints beat the Falcons, because I guess that's just a thing now, or it's right. been a thing since 2006. And the Saints go on to play other teams and don't, and don't win those games, like losing against the Raiders and whatnot. The thing about the Saints, though, I've never been so happy for someone to play for the Saints. Because, of course, you grow up a Falcons fan, you just naturally have a, a natural dislike for the Saints. But the former Georgia State kicker is now the kicker for the New Orleans Saints. And it's an interesting story because Will Lutz is his name, by the way. Okay. And Will Lutz was one of the few to go to a professional team um, during the, you know, after the conclusion of the Georgia State football season last year. So Will Lutz goes to the Ravens. And they were like, well, he's probably not going to make it on the team because Justin Tucker's there, so there's no need for him to be on the Ravens. So it ended up uh, where the Ravens waived him. And it was it was kind of sad because it's like, dang, you know, Georgia State had a guy in the NFL and now he's gone. So what happens is the Saints and the Ravens get on the phone. The Saints and the Ravens get on the phone and they're like, hey, we heard you guys might be looking for a new kicker. You know, we got this guy, Will Lutz. He's really nice. You guys should check him out. So they right. said, OK. So they signed him to the practice squad. So they signed Will to the practice squad. Will did such a good job in practice. They go up to the other kicker for bath and they say, hey, bro, you're cut. They say, hey, Will, come here. You're starting on Sunday. And that's what happened. Wow. So, and, I, and it, it's a great story because now Georgia State has a guy who starts in the NFL. Albert Wilson went to Georgia State, but he's not a starter for the Kansas City Chiefs. He's just the receiver. So uh, I think it's a, it's, a good, it's a good thing for Georgia State. Uh, he's playing, yeah. you know, like I said, Will Lutz is playing for the wrong team. But I'm very happy to have a, a Georgia State Panther in the NFL with a significant role. So... Uh, okay, I'm done talking about I'm, I, that's way too much stuff about the Saints. I've never talked about the Saints. Go Panthers. <laughs> Who's uh, the Panthers' biggest opponent this year? What's the biggest school they're playing? We're, we're playing Wisconsin this week. Wisconsin's biggest school this year? Yeah, we, we played uh, Air Force last week. Uh, we played Ball State. Ball State is the ninth worst. I'm going to say it again. The ninth worst <laughs> football program in America and came to the Georgia Dome and beat the Panthers by 10. Wow. And that's how pathetic that was. It was <laughs> yeah, yeah. Georgia State gave up 325 rushing yards. Right. And then the Air Force, they gave up over 440 rushing yards. So I'm just glad you guys aren't playing Alabama again. <laughs> well, we, we, we will be, I think, in the next, I think the 2019. Uh, we're playing Alabama in the future. All right. That should be an interesting game. All right, before we got to wrap it up, guys, we're going way over. But uh, before we go, Q, that uh, is Caitlin around? That uh, she need to make a prediction, or she's not here today. Caitlin's not here today. <laughs> okay. I, I worked. I worked way too late today to prepare any Caitlin. <laughs> I can just have her come on and join the conversation until we wrap up. But that's about all I got. All right. All right. Well, as long as she's staying away from um, North Carolina, she's good. <laughs> all right. Well, I want to give a shout out to our family on <laughs> on Twitter, uh, Aries Falcons and Bros of Nine Two Nine, and uh, actually X Holcomb and everyone else. You know who you are, and uh, check us out on uh, WhatsUpFalcons.com, and we're also available on iTunes and SoundCloud. 
and we still now, have Caitlin, the Caitlin. Caitlin did tell me she's been hanging out with Odell Beckham Jr. a lot, so just keep an eye out for that. <laughs> we will keep an eye out for that, sir. We will definitely keep an eye out for that. All right, guys, and if anyone wants to call, leave us a voicemail or whatever, you can hit us up at 770-268-0555. And if that is it, we will see you later. See you, Rock. See you, David. All right, man. All right, David. Thanks, buddy. Yeah, no problem. Later. Subscribe to the What's Up Falcons podcast on iTunes and SoundCloud. Listen to the What's Up Falcons podcast at whatsupfalcons.com.